Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. Welcome, everybody, to the Retail Corner Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking with Colleen Wilson. She's the VP of Retail and Wholesale at Kendra Scott. How are you doing today, Colleen? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for being with us and, you know, for taking some of your time to to tell us all the great things you guys are doing over there. Uh, But before we get into that, right, the first thing I want to do is Maybe you can give us a little more backstory, right, into your history, how how you made it into a VP role, right? I think a lot of retail executives and retail folks, right, managerial director level, they're always wondering, how do I step up my game personally, right, in order to get into that next level role? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've been in retail since I was literally 16 years old. Ironically, I started in a mom and pop jewelry store in the small town I grew up in and, you know, worked retail through college at Gap and Limited Brands, two of two great companies, great schools of retail is what I like to say. And, you know, went to school you know, I think some people in retail say it's an accidental career. You know, some of us go to college to study other things and, you know, think that our career is going to go in a different direction. And I was pulled back into retail, spent 13 years back with limited brands and really grew from, you know, that assistant manager up, up and up through being a district manager, um, spent 13 years there. I spent a decade at anthropology after that, um, and managed the Western part of the country in Canada. And I've been here at Kendra Scott for five years now. And, um, I would say it's, I mean, I cherish every opportunity that I've had and I'm just thrilled to be a here at Kendra Scott right now. I mean, it's a company with, you know, people ask me what my why is. I mean, it's people, culture, and being in a growth environment, which is exactly what we are here at KS. Um, I mean, I, I, my role here is I lead probably the most talented group of people I've ever led in store leadership, um, retail managers, regional managers, district managers, et cetera. And then I have a team at the home office in Austin of, you know, our mm-hmm. retail operations group. And then I oversee the wholesale channel as well, um, which is a combination of our majors. And then we have um, wholesale boutiques that we work with as well all over the country. Nice, 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 nice. And when we talk about supporting the stores, right, I, th- I think the all the things that have happened so far, right, to obviously the pandemic, inflation, so forth and so on. I feel like brick and border has suffered the biggest impact, right? As a result of all of those things. And they really have to adapt and really get back to basics in some levels, really care about the customer, give that VIP experience. Because a lot of retailers went out the door, unfortunately, because of pandemic. That gave a lot of opportunities, but also the customer became a lot more demanding and even their dollar, right, uh, their spending habits kind of changed drastically, right? So how have you guys adapted to all of those changes? 
Yeah. I mean, isn't it, I, I literally just said this to my team again this year and it's like, we continue to use the word, you know, there's uncertainty that's happening out there. And I don't think we've had a normal year since 2019. And to mm-hmm. your point, we've had the pandemic, we've had major shifts in the economy and, you know, for retail as an industry, and it touches all of us. I mean, I think we've had you know, our late shifts have happened with labor shortages, um, labor wages. We really need to think differently about shrink and the safety of our teams in a way that we haven't had to, to this level before. I mean, it's all over the news. And Mm. then when you think about, you know, just the ability to challenge the challenges of forecasting your business, um, you know, all of those things have impacted most of us out there. And I mean, when we think about the pandemic and in itself, I mean, we had to be so agile and so fast to like change how we function so we could stay, you know, running and be there for our customers. I mean, we turned on Boston Bopas by online pickup and store in a matter of, I mean, it was a matter of weeks. We didn't yeah. have that prior to the pandemic. And we were like, okay, we need to turn this on. <laughs> you know, we need to be wherever our customers are. And they sadly weren't in the stores during that time, as you know. So it was, it's such an interesting time, but I think it forced us to be really creative. Um, I think it galvanized everybody that worked together on a team because um, we were in such an uncertain environment, but quickly, quicker than we've ever had to move, um, figure out how to be there for our customers. So there, it was. it's a tragic time and it's been a challenging time, but I think there's good that's come out of it. Most people that I talked to in the industry, you know, say like, I'm I'm somewhat glad that I was part of that. And I was working during that time period as hard as it was, because I think our growth accelerated and our development accelerated in a, in a, a way that was just so rapid. But I think when you think about some of the impacts that we're having right now on those things that I mentioned, you know, labor. I mean, the workforce is really challenging. I continue to read articles about, you know, different aspects of retail and how they're impacted. And, you know, for us, culture is so important. And, um, you know, we, it's, it's not just a retail environment. I think we're different than other retail environments, which I'm sure we can chat about, but we constantly have referrals of people, you know, referring other people that come to the brand from a stylist, part-time stylist position. You know, we hire, you know, over almost a thousand people during um, holiday time period. We have so Mm -hmm. many people that come back and work for us over and over and over. And it's really because of the culture um, that we create in the stores. Um, So I think like protecting culture is such a big part. I mean, some of the, how we're paying and, you know, thinking about that from an industry perspective, you have to stay competitive and on your game, but that culture component is really at the core and and, and so, so, so important for us. And then when you think about shrink and, you know, the safety of our team, you know, from a shrink perspective, you know, when I think about, I mean, we talked about, you know, the, the store with the best level of service is going to have the least amount of loss. And I still believe in that. I still Mm -hmm. believe that if you give that one-on-one attention to your customers and you zone right and have the right people that are really engaging with the customer, that's still such a core component of, you know, minimizing loss in your store. And then when it comes to those, the macro things that, that that doesn't really fix or control some of the safety, you know, some of 
of the mob robberies that are happening in retail, what we really just you know, focus on training and ensuring that our teams are prepared as they can be for those circumstances when they happen. And we have an excellent asset protection team that is really there to both educate and then support when we have incidences that do happen. But it's we have to take great care of our of our teams and educate them to the best of our ability. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think you brought up a great point, right? Having having that culture and that sense of family within the organization, right? Because I think post-pandemic and post all these very drastic measures and people having to adapt so much and retailers, it's really the ones that kind of came together, right? And and they, I think before there was a lot of segregation between corporate and store operations, and even within, within corporate, right? Every department kind of treated themselves as if they were their own company, right? And I think this give, really gave the opportunity for companies to shift and regroup and understand that it's really a team effort, right? From the moment you create that PO and you buy that piece of merchandise all the way to the moment the customer receives it and accounting accounts for it. And that entire process flow of that product, right? I think it really gave retailers the opportunity to solidify that from a, from a labor standpoint, right? From resources, being able to better communicate with each other. And with that, how, how have you guys shifted how you guys communicate? And I think that's a great opportunity for a lot of retailers, how they better communicate from their corporate standpoint to their store operations, right? To make sure the right merchandise is at the right time for the, for the right consumer. Yeah, I mean, we're probably the inverted pyramid and have been even prior to pandemic where, you know, the stores are definitely the voice of, you know, what they need. And, you know, they're raising their hands. There's a direct line of um, contacts to allocations. You know, when you think about how we communicate, it's not that top down approach from the home office to the stores. Like that hierarchy definitely at Kendra Scott is that inverted pyramid where the stores really are the voice of the customer. They communicate what they need. That communication goes up. And then you know, the, the job of the home office and really that role is to help support the channels, whether it's wholesale, whether it's retail or whether it's our e-commerce, that's really mm-hmm. how our structure works and our culture works at Kendra Scott. So I think it's maybe a little bit different um, that what, that what you see in other retailers. No, but that that's great because that really should be the premise, right? Amongst all retailers to, for the home office, really your customer is your sales channels, right? Exactly as you said, right? Whether it's e-commerce, brick and border, and if you happen to have wholesale, then of course wholesale as well. Yeah, so absolutely. And, and what are some of the changes that you guys did for pandemic that you think have stuck along, right? Because of course, a lot of people did, right? The the curbside pickup and all these different implementations in a very short period of time. But I think a lot of it, people have stopped using it, right? As we came back into normality. So what are the changes that you guys made at Kendra Scott that, that kind of you saw them stick on into, into today's operations? Yeah, I mean, we have kept... Most of the new processes that we added in at that period of time, with the exception of curbside, we don't see that as often, but we do Mm -hmm. see a tremendous amount of customers still wanting that convenience of shopping online and then picking their packages up at the store. And then hopefully, and many of them continue to shop um, in the stores, but we've really continued a lot of those things. You know, I think that during the pandemic, 
some of the things that made us great prior to really helped us during that time period. I, many, you know, I don't know how many people know. I mean, our mission as an organization is to put good into the world and to do good. And because of our philanthropic pillar and how much we do in our local communities, we had customers shop with us during the pandemic because they wanted to support Kendra Scott. Like they felt like we are, we're part of their community. We've done a lot to give back from a philanthropic perspective, both to local charities and organizations and individuals within communities. And mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've hosted over two, like last year, we hosted over 19,000 events in local wow. communities. It's very different than another retailer. And so we yes. had our customers come in and support us during that time recognize the fact that, you know, our doors were closed, but they still wanted to support us. And we see that continuing as we go through into, into these years that are non-pandemic. So, um, you know, I think that that component of who we are as a brand has helped us along the journey through the good times and also through some of these challenging times that we have. It's this really committed group of customer fans that, you know, we have given back to. They've given back to us as well and are really dedicated to the company. Wow, that's phenomenal. And I think it also gives you the opportunity to right, build on generation after generation, right? Because the moment you really have your brand get into somebody's home, right? It affects their kids. It's subsequently, you continue to get that ongoing customer, right? Yeah. From generation to generation. I know you guys have uh, a very nice term within Kendra Scott called the retail entrepreneur, right? Uh, and I would like to know a little bit more. And I think everybody would like to know a little bit more about that. I love the fact of retail entrepreneur, right? The word entrepreneur, it's so profound to me because I think you're always selling even yourself, right? Everybody is always selling something and you should always think of this entrepreneur mindset, even for yourself, even if you're an employee, because you're looking how you improve yourself, right? How you're selling yourself as a business consistently, even within an organization. So what is retail entrepreneur at Kendra Scott and how has that really helped you guys grow? And how did the how does that affect the employee all the way from a store employee into somebody at your level, right? All across the chain. Yeah, I mean, I think we're lucky because, Kendra is a true example of an entrepreneur and has inspired really all retail employers, like all of us to consider ourselves entrepreneurs in the business. And we have a, you know, we, we say own it. Like you own every part of your environment and every part of the store. And we empower teams to do what's right. There's not a lot of red tapes. One of the things I say is the only no we know is no problem. I mean, we empower people to do what's right. And I mean, you can read in Kendra's book, she speaks about this from the very, very beginning. This was an important component of our brand is that, you know, you're talking to a a part-time stylist on the floor, they're empowered to make the right decision for a customer. You don't have to go to all the managers and ask all the questions. Like you do what's right for that customer. Like it's our North star. And if you, if you empower people to do that, I think that's, that's part of owning the business. And they feel like I can make decisions here. I can say yes to this customer. I don't need to go through a lot of rigmarole to make decisions. And one of the things we say is that you are the CEO of your store. I think Tom, our CEO may have coined that phrase. And it's one of the things 
that I absolutely love. And it, it, you know, there was a situation yesterday, Tom was visiting one of our stores, um, here in the U S and, you know, they, they said, I I just don't think I have enough of one of our certain product categories. I think I need more of this. And if I have it, I think I could sell it. Great. You know, so we empower that store manager to, again, get on the phone with allocations, raise their hand, say, I can do more. I can do more. I'm, I I know I can, of course, and we'll send it to them, but we'll, and we'll measure that success, the success of that. But it, that is about being a CEO of a store. Many retail organizations that that's not how they like think about the store. Um, a lot, again, that, that, that yeah, yeah. top to bottom always. Correct. Right? <laughs> um, you know, and that's just one example, you know, but you, you really, you have the keys to the store and you own it. You merchant, you know, we have, you know, definitely we send visual direction out to the stores, but if that's not something your that front table, is not something your customer is going to respond to in Tucson, Arizona, change it, put what's your customer is going to respond to. What is the metal? What is the color? And we empower our teams to make those decisions. We measure them um, and they measure that and they really feel that ownership. For their store, which I think is, is really great. And I think the other thing that, you know, as a brand, we operate on a community level, there's personal ties to each community through what I talked about earlier is those local events that we have. So I think you again, feel like you're, you own this business, you're part of a community, you're giving back to a community. Um, and I think there's a component of like, I run this business, I run this, my own, my own store, my own shop here that I think is different. And it feels different than, than other retailers, maybe in the mall. And, you know, that CEO of the store, that store manager is like relentless about making sales goals, being, having a profitable bit, profitable business, but like our core of our business is that the customer and that customer centric approach. Um, and they, again, they know that they, the decisions they make as an entrepreneur and as an owner of that business is all around that customer. And that's what gives them and gives the brand really the long-term success that we see. Absolutely. It, it seems to me from everything you're saying, like, like obviously you guys, that entrepreneurial mindset, that giving the employee the, the keys to the store, it involves a lot of mentorship, no? Rather than, the, than that typical boss employee relationship, it sounds to me like it's really more of a mentorship philosophy yeah. that's really taking place within the organization. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it definitely is. It's, it's, I think it's just different um, in terms of how we lead and, you know, how we treat our teams and it's part of our family pillar. We have three core pillars at Kendra Scott and it's philanthropy, family, and fashion. And that family pillar, I think, provides that environment where that mentorship is really important, that caring about individuals, that empowerment of individuals is really, really important. And many of us, 
can like celebrate the impact that mentorship has had on our life. I mean, for me, my best mentors have encouraged me, have like really pushed me out of my comfort zone and created that safe environment for learning and for growth. And that's exactly what we believe in at Kendra Scott and what we do. And it's it's really a it's a it's a way of life here. And mentorship is like a form of giving back and giving back mm-hmm. is such a big part of just who we are as a brand. It's not just giving back to our communities. It's it's giving back time. It's giving back attention. It's forming a community. And again, like I think that giving back to individuals and fueling them and feeding them is what a mentor does. And that's, you know, that's what we do all the time. And, you know, we have the, again, Kendra, I, Kendra teaches a course at UT Austin to help students really see what's possible and teaches them the skills that they need and the strategies that they need to be, to start their own businesses. And, you know, she learned from her experience and it wasn't easy for her to be a female starting her own business and all the loopholes and everything that you need to go through in a recession. And so now she pours her time into these students to help them do the things that were hard for her to do. And, you know, Tom, our CEO, I, he was just connecting with one of our part-time stylists who, you know, their career path was going someplace else outside of retail, but more than happy to sit down and spend time with that individual to help, help them navigate. And I, you know, for me, I, I love talking to these like soon to be college graduates that are interested in retail are interested in the fashion industry and helping provide guidance and advice, um, you know, and connecting them with the right people. It's really, again, it's, I think it's our jobs. I mean, it is as citizens to like pour back into individuals. And Mm -hmm. so it happens. I just, I think it happens really naturally here. And then you you see it happen across the organizations, the organization in a lot of different ways. So it's, it's, it's really important. And, you know, the other thing that I think about when I think about mentorship and career succession and, you know, how important this is, one of my biggest beliefs in life is giving people, you know, experiences and exposure and, you know, challenging people outside of their typical job responsibility to find out what they love to do, maybe what their career aspirations are long-term and give them experiences while they're practicing that, expose them to people that are great at that. I mean, I have two individuals on my team that are so talented and they're great at their roles they're in right now, but you know, one is excellent at learning and development. So we certified her to teach and to train others on leadership development in this she's a key component to help all of retail in in all aspects of development and competency development through leadership, because we poured into her, she's pouring that education back into other leaders in the company and will eventually help prepare her for next. Um, And I think those kind of activities and those kind of really intentional providing those intentional experiences and exposure to different things really helps people feel, you know, like they're supported, that they're getting that development and that they, they see a future for themselves here at the brand and just feel invested. Mm-hmm. In it. And that's so important for retention. 
Absolutely. No, and, and I think you you hit the nail right right on because you're giving people that purpose, right? And I think ultimately that's the pursuit, right? For all of us to have a purpose beyond existing, yeah. right? And and exactly what you said about a lot of times you need to focus and see the talents that people have rather than trying to force them into a spectrum, right? If we talk about like a kid in school, right? Rather to force the kid to be a great mathematician, maybe he's amazing at writing, right? And invest all of the resources you have to help them grow in that talent rather than just help them be average in an area that maybe not they're not so talented, right? Yeah. So oh with, with that said, what would you say would be like the biggest piece of advice? And I always like to ask this as the last question for, yeah. for all the executives out there, right? Leading their teams. So many things are happening, but what would be the biggest piece of advice to say, hey, implement this, right? In your day-to-day operations as you engage with your with your resources, right? And with your teams in order to keep growing. Yeah. I mean, it first and foremost has to start with who you hire. Um, I mean, for me, I'd like, you know, if you want to shape this organization that has that entrepreneurial mindset, you have to hire the right people, people that are creative. They're not afraid of change. They're, they thrive in that fast paced environment. And we say it, Kendra, I mean, hire versus DNA off of than resume. And it's really important that they have the core component, that that culture fit that like, I mean, for us, again, family, fashion, philanthropy, those are our three core pillars. Like they have to thrive. Those things have to be really important to them. And then they have to have these traits, like I said, that are really important for, you know, somebody that thrives in an environment like this. So hire, hire the right people and higher versus uh, on DNA, I think is really, really important. I'd say the second thing is have a try it mentality. If somebody has a good idea, try it. Like I say it all the time, like, oh, I have this idea. I'm like, go for it, try it. You know, let me know how it goes. And then celebrating the wins and recognizing the failures and sometimes celebrating those failures is really, really important as in this, you know, in this day and age, you know, you know you're scared, you're gonna, I'm, I'm going to fail and it, something's going to stop. To me, you fail and then you grow. You learn yeah. so Failure much. Failure is an opportunity of wisdom. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. But if you don't create that environment that it feels safe to fail, people won't try new things. So I think that's really, really important. And then I would say the third thing that I would give advice on is encourage sharing. Um, I In your organization, ideas come from everywhere. And some of our best ideas come from a part-time stylist in a store. They work day in and out with the customer. They know the customer more than somebody that's not in that environment every day. And we just, we did, we had last year, our theme was the year of the game changer. And Mm -hmm. um, part of that was having game changing ideas for the organization and anybody that works for the companies could submit ideas. And we have so many come in, many, many, many came in from retail, which I'm incredibly proud of. And then we're implementing them. 
I mean, we just last week launched a product that I think will be highly successful for us as a brand that came from um, somebody that works in one of our retail stores. We have another one that we're going to implement this year that I think also will be a huge idea for the organization. So others in the company see that happen. Of course, we recognize those people and they want to raise their hand and share these ideas that, again, can transform the company if you stop and listen to your teams. So encourage sharing at all levels. And I think that you're going to see your business absolutely thrive. Oh, that's phenomenal. I love it. Thank you so much, Colleen, for your time and for sharing all this information. And and I couldn't agree with you more, right? Encouraging people, hiring the right person, really allowing them to speak their mind and to really try things, right? And and to not see Failure is failure. Failure is only an opportunity to gain wisdom and failure. The only thing that is failure is doing nothing, right? That That Correct. is really failure within itself. But thank you so much for your time. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, for everybody out there listening, you know, take take some, some of the wisdom that's been shared today with us and implement it uh, at your organization. And uh, it was great talking to you and we'll be hopefully circling back maybe in a couple months or a year from now to see where things are at, what you guys are doing and what's working and what didn't work, you know? Thank you. It was great to be here. And thanks for doing this podcast. I also listen to your episodes and it's so great to apply some of the things that others are teaching into your business. So thank you for encouraging sharing across everybody in retail. It's such a great podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That's what we're all about. We just want to create really a community where we can collaborate and share knowledge with each other, you know? I love it. Thank you. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at podcast at retailcorner.live or visit our website, retailcorner.live. Looking forward to having you as our guest on our podcast. And thank you so much for listening.